Well, hey, City Gators and friends, my name is Vic and I'm going to be sharing today. Emphasis on sharing because it's not really a preach, it's not really a teach, it's maybe a mashup between the two. Uh, because today I'm going to go through this resource here. This is our We Are booklet. In here, all of our values are explained in more detail. And perhaps you've been journeying with us over the last 18 months. Uh, you're kind of a guest with us. We've been online mostly and you've never held one of these in your hands. I know today will be very helpful for you. In fact, if you're at one of our watch parties, somebody might have given you one of these already. Uh, and if you're an existing city gator, this is good for you as well uh, because it's kind of like when you uh, take your vehicle in for a service. Uh, generally around the fall season or, or in the spring, uh, you, you send your car in and they you know, change the oil, they change the filters, uh, maybe they switch the tires. Um, this is one of those moments. Um, because actually wear and tear happens in a church. You know, over time we get distracted, we lose focus, and it's good for us to be reminded. Um, uh, maybe another illustration is, is that of running a marathon. Now I know that Mike used to uh, use a lot of fishing analogies when he preached predominantly, and when you stuck with me, I'm gonna give you a lot of running analogies. You know, I like to run, uh, I like to run far, um, and I'm training for a marathon at the moment, and, and one of the things that you need to do is when you uh, run far, eventually you have to uh, put back into your body what running is taking out of your body um, and so you know you've got to put back uh, all the nutrients and, and and different companies sell different products gels and liquids and you've got to figure out what works with your stomach sometimes you have something and it doesn't quite agree with you uh, sometimes you don't like the taste or it's difficult to chew or to swallow I have never found something that works until um, recently when a friend of mine gave me this product called endurance tap and it's amazing because it's filled pr predominantly with maple syrup okay one of the best things to be exported out of this country. Uh, almost only maple syrup with a bit of salt and a bit of ginger that helps you uh, 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 digest it. And it tastes amazing and it really works. It doesn't upset my stomach and, uh, and uh, I'm so thrilled um, uh, because I found something that can help me kind of cross over the finish line. And, uh, and today is, is, is much like uh, an endurance tap uh, uh, sip that you might take because being a part of our church uh, is like running a marathon because God's called us uh, not uh, uh, um, to run a short sprint. Uh, but he's, he wants us to leave a lasting impression in the communities that we are. And it'll take some time for that to happen. Uh, and so uh, we're in this race and I want us to finish strong. You know, I, I, we, we, we need uh, a top up a little bit. Last week, Toby referred to us being jars of clay. And sometimes we crack as jars of clay and we leak and we need a bit of a top up. We leak vision uh, and, uh, and, and today hopefully will refocus us and re-energize us. Uh, so journey along with me as I, as I take you through uh, these values once again. Um, so where do we get uh, our vision uh, and our values from? Well, every church should get them from the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Uh, Jesus, when he spoke to his disciples uh, and, and therefore spoke to you and me as disciples, uh, he gave them these instructions in Matthew 28. He said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Many people believe that, that uh, the great commandment also includes Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Toby read that again last week, so let's refresh our memories, uh, where Jesus said uh, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Remember, Toby, Toby showed us how later on, eight chapters later, uh, calamity and, and persecution needed to come upon the church so that they would be scattered into these regions and actually do the things that Jesus told them to do, because this is his great commission to the church. Uh, but it's not just the commission, there's also a commandment. You know, people ask Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? This is how he answered one person in Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31. Jesus said, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so this is really the original version of, uh, of Jesus' plan for his church. And we just get to repackage this a little bit. And our version of what God wants us to do uh, sounds like this. It's our manifesto. It is helping people find and follow Jesus. Maybe you can say that out loud now. Uh, uh, again, it'll be up on the screen. Let's go. Helping people find and follow Jesus. Many of you would have noticed that as we start these online services, there's like a 60-second bumper video uh, that includes a whole bunch of city gators in the end, culminating, ending by saying this together. We are helping people find and follow Jesus. And you would have noticed that actually they first say four key statements before they all uh, uh, summarize it with this manifesto. And each of those statements actually contain two of our values. And so if you add them up, there are eight values uh, in these four statements, and these four statements connect to the first four words of our manifesto, helping people find and follow. And so we're going to look at that today. And the reason why we say these things so often, why it's always at the front of our service, is we, obviously we don't want it to go in this ear and out that ear. Those 60 seconds are not really for you to find your seat or to close your conversation, but we want these things to be embedded in our community. Um, when people ask uh, you, what is a city gator like? We want everybody to say the same thing. We want them to have common language. That's why we repeat things because repetition works. Repetition works. Uh, and so you know, we don't want one city gator to say, well, a city gator means that. And another city gator says, no, actually a city gator means this. We want everybody to say the same thing because this is like our fingerprint. We, we want to leave this, this mark in our region. When, when other people describe what city gators are like, we'd like for them to use these terms, these phrases. And we'd like for us our people to be that familiar with it. This is the language we use when we describe who we are. And so, again, the invitation is to journey with us, uh, memorize these things. And, you know, we're going to say a lot of this stuff together, so hopefully at the end you will uh, not forget it. But before we jump into these four statements and to these eight values, uh, I want you to also just think about the last word of each of these statements and obviously the last word of our manifesto, which is the word Jesus. Everything ends with Jesus. He has the last word, really, uh, when it comes to our manifesto and our values. And that is because Jesus is foundational to all of this. And if we don't get this, we will mess up the rest of the story. Okay. Uh, first of all, Christianity is, is not defined or is not about a bunch of precepts, a bunch of rules that we have to follow. But Christianity is fundamentally about a person. It's about a relationship with Jesus. 
And that is, that is the gospel. The gospel is all about what God has done for us in and through the person of Jesus. And it's not about what we have to do for God in order for him to love us and to save us. And so, yes, we might look at this list of values and it could seem like a to-do list. Do these things so that God would love you. But that's not the case. Actually, we do these things because of God's love, because he saved us, because he's done everything to bring us to the Father. We find ourselves doing these things. And so I want to invite you as a guest to adopt these values because as you do, I trust that your relationship with Jesus will deepen. And if you're an existing city gator, uh, I trust that you will deepen these values because again, as you do them, your relationship with Jesus will grow stronger. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's important for us to get this point because if not, we'll slip into legalism and that's not what this uh, day is about. That's certainly not what Christianity is about. All right, so let's jump straight in to our uh, first word in our manifesto, which is helping, helping people find and follow Jesus. And there is a statement connected to that word that contains our first two values. And so let's read that together. It'll be up on the screen. We are Holy Spirit empowered servants like Jesus. And so in that statement, the first value is Holy Spirit. The second one is serving. The Holy Spirit, the first value, comes from Acts chapter 1-8, where Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And uh, there's a little paragraph that I'll read now that describes what this might look like uh, in our community. The Holy Spirit is our connection with the presence and the power of Jesus. Therefore, we live in sincere dependency on him. He comes alongside us as our helper, giving diverse gifts to Christians so that they may serve and build up the church and society. Aware of these God-given spiritual gifts, we actively seek opportunities in which to exercise them. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and his presence, as we've read here, is made manifest to us through his spirit, through the spirit. But, but more than that, he empowers us too. He gives us gifts. We talked about that a few weeks ago. If you want to know how God has gifted you as a Christian, we have a tool for you. The link should be up on the screen. Um, you can figure out uh, uh, the gifts that God has given you. Uh, by his spirit, through his spirit, to serve the church, to build up the church, and of course, to build up a society, to make a difference. And so, yes, we want to be a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do things in our own strength uh, so that we could get the credit. We want to say that it is all God. It's through his spirit and his gracious gifts given to us that we could accomplish these things. And so I want to encourage you to go check that out, uh, which then brings us to the second value, that of serving. And, you know, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 is, is what we base this on. Jesus said that you will love God with your strength, with your strength. And, and again, there's a paragraph here that summarizes what this might look like for us. We gladly give up our rights and resources and actively demonstrate sacrificial love by serving others in Jesus' name. We are not customers who consume religious goods or chase comfortable experiences, but servants who contribute to meet the needs of others. 
So this means, first of all, that we do deny our rights. You know, we don't uh, feel like, you know, we deserve to be served, but we follow in the footsteps of Jesus who said, I have come to serve and not to be served. Uh, and so, you know, we gladly give up our rights and our resources, you know, whether it's our time, uh, uh, our talents, our gifts, or, or our, our finances, our, our money, uh, we gladly give them up to serve the mission of Jesus. And, you know, I talked about not being a Costco Christian. I've, I, I gave reference to that a few weeks ago. But, you know, sometimes we make decisions to follow Jesus on the basis of how comfortable it is for us. And if we're servants, we would, we would put that thinking aside. If, if for, for example, even deciding perhaps to join us at one of our watch parties where you have to bring your own chair and you might be exposed to the elements, uh, if your decision not to come has been because it's been uncomfortable, well, maybe you're not putting that servant hat on. Maybe you're not thinking correctly in terms of what's valuable to us because we actually make decisions not on the basis of what's comfortable for us, but how we could contribute for the benefit of others. And so, of course, it's not just about showing up at our gatherings, but also serving at our gatherings. You know, uh, we need need help. We need help setting up, tearing down kids' ministry. And there's a whole bunch of things. Even uh, you heard in the announcements today that we need people to help us keep the waypoint open uh, over the weekend of the 2nd and 3rd of October to engage with uh, our neighbors, to engage with the community. Um, we need people to put their hands up and saying, yeah, I will serve. I will give up some of my time on my off day, on my Saturday to serve our city because we want to be like Jesus. So that's the first two values, Holy Spirit and serving. Uh, let's move on to the second word of our manifesto, the word people, helping people find and follow Jesus. And again, there's a statement that uh, helps us uh, th think through the two values connected to that word. Read it along with me if you can. It'll be up on the screen. We are the hospitable family of Jesus. So hospitality and family. And the third value, hospitality, is from Mark 12, 31 again, where Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And again, the paragraph that kind of describes what this might look like in our community goes like this. According to Jesus, everyone is our neighbor, especially strangers and even our enemies. We therefore place a high value on building relationships, pursuing friendship over friendliness and showing no favoritism. We move from greeting to eating, sharing our faith as we share our food. This is a powerful value. You know, when we think of hospitality, we often think about what we do to people that are like us, people that are close to us, friends and family members. But actually, a biblical definition of hospitality is to love or to be fond of strangers, people that are not close to you, people that are not like you. And I just think of, of our fragmented society people with different political convictions, different cultural backgrounds, you know. One of the things I love about Canada is, is its immigration policy, you know. And uh, I, I love dropping my kids off sometimes at the bus and I look around and I hear the various languages spoken and the dress codes from people and I'm like, I could be in multiple nations right now. I love that, that there's an opportunity for me to be hospitable, to love people that are not like me. You know, one of the values here at the Waypoint is, uh, is, is that we've made a place where all sorts of people can come together. One of our icons is the ampersand. It's up on the wall here behind me. And we're so proud of that because an ampersand joins two things together, this and that. 
you know, people that are liberal and conservative, you know, vaccinated and unvaccinated, and, and we can go on. Um, you know, it's one of the values to be hospitable. There's, there's actually a scripture up on the wall here, uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 9. It says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's a massive value of ours. And that moves us then over to the value of family. All right, so if hospitality is about neighbors, uh, neighbors who are not yet brothers and sisters, in other words, our neighbors, non-Christians, and, and other people who wouldn't call God their father. Uh, family is actually, you know, you and me, uh, who might be followers of Jesus, uh, who call God our father. And, and there, again, is a little uh, a paragraph that describes what this may look like in our community. But first, of course, Matthew 28 is the foundation passage here where Jesus is saying we should baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's family language right there. And so this is what it may look like. The church is not like a family. It is a family. We are a tight-knit community of brothers and sisters who share God as our Father. We don't merely get along but seek to love each other just as Christ loved us. We don't gossip, we honor each other, we are quick to forgive and even quicker to ask for forgiveness. And you know, you might think of what, what does this family, how do this family act like? Because many people think it's a dysfunctional family. And I, you know, I spoke a few weeks ago about the unity that we ought to maintain, the unity of the spirit, and because God, manufactures this unity, we maintain it. We don't manufacture it. You know, in, in Christ, we are family under our Heavenly Father. And we have to fight to maintain this place of unity and family. And, and if you want to know how to do that, we actually have a resource as well. It's called our One Another Charter. How should we love one another? How should we interact with one another? Forgive one another? It, it all comes out of these biblical and scriptural commands uh, to us in terms of our relationship with one another. Go check it out. Put it on your fridge. Uh, uh, follow those uh, biblical guidelines and instructions. And, uh, you know, just one more thing on, on family. Uh, you know, families get together. Nobody would think it's weird for a family to hang out, especially over Christmas and you know, Thanksgiving. There's a couple of important dates that we, we all assume families would get together. And so it is with the church family. You know, even, even, even my own family, we, we are dreaming about possibly going back to South Africa over the Christmas season because it's been, you know, seven years where we've not seen our family uh, around this special time. And nobody would frown upon our intention to do that because actually it's weird not to be with your family during that time. Um, and so I would say it's the same with our spiritual family to not gather together on these special moments. We have community group, we have Sundays. Um, it is actually weird. And so, you know, if you haven't come out to a, a gathering yet, I want to encourage you as a city gator, as a, as a member of God's family to prioritize that because that's what you do with your physical family. Let's do this with our um, spiritual family. One last comment just on this, uh, this statement of being the hospitable family of Jesus. As many of you know, we used to rent the St. Francis Center. Just down the road here, it's a town of Ajax facility. Now, I called them this week and asked them uh, uh, when it would open up again, and they weren't able to give me an answer. But I did see on their website, as with many facilities across uh, this country, uh, they have, have mandated that no one can actually enter a town's facility unless they are uh, double vaccinated. 
And, and that would be a problem for us, friends, because if we are called to be the hospitable family and, and, uh, um, and be open to, to all kinds of people, uh, I certainly don't want to draw a line in the sand and actually turn people away on the basis of that. And so the, the, the fact is, is that we will not go back to the St. Francis Center if this remains the same. We, we possibly will, might never go back there again because as a church, we are not going to... Uh, 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 turn people away uh, on the basis of being or not being vaccinated uh, because we want to be the church that Jesus has called us to be a hospitable family and we can't do that if we have to follow that rule strictly all right so so pray for us that God would provide a place for us where we do not have to do that or at least protect us as we uh, you know as a as a community of faith um, you know take a stance against uh, something like that all right, let's move on to uh, find, helping people find and follow Jesus. Again, the statement there that helps us uh, uh, memorize those two values connected to the word find, it goes like this. Read along with me. It's up on the screen. We are strategic missionaries for Jesus. And so mission and strategy, that is value five and value six. Uh, mission comes from, again, Matthew 28, 29, when Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. You know, he sends them off. He gives them a task to do. And, and you know, he, he says, make disciples of all nations. Um, and, and that's perhaps connected a little bit to this uh, value of hospitality, to be fond of strangers, uh, people from any and everywhere. And there's, again, a description of what this might look like in our community. Uh, uh, listen to this as I read it. Uh, we are not merely churchgoers, but want to be known as a going church. Some may go to the nations, but everyone can go to their neighbors. Therefore, we are all missionaries, no longer of this world, but sent into it as ambassadors for Christ. The main point here I just want you to know is that to, to, to be a missionary for Jesus is not uh, something that other people do. And it's not just uh, connected to traveling uh, to another context, another culture far away. But each and every Christian is called to, to, to go and be a missionary. And, you know, I've, I've seen this happen when, when Christians take their eyes off of mission, personally, individual evangelism. Uh, that's when they get sidetracked with, you know, maybe speculative theology, you know, believing things that the Bible's not clear about and, and going off on those tangents. Sometimes they get caught up in conspiracy, conspiracy theorists and, and they maybe get a little too political. Um, and it's often because they've taken their eyes off this mandate to go and make disciples, to preach the gospel wherever they go. Uh, and so this is a massive value for us. Every single city gator is a missionary in that sense. Uh, how should you be on mission? Well, that's our sixth value, strategy, strategically. And, and it's connected to Acts 1.8, where Jesus is saying that, you know, the Holy Spirit will empower you to be a witness. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And if you look at the book of Acts, you'll see that how the gospel was preached to those in Jerusalem is different to the gospel, you know, preached to those outside of, of Israel. Um, and and uh, in, in a Gentile territory, because uh, although the message is the same, the method needed to change to connect with the hearers. And so again, what does that look like for us? Well, here's, here's a description. Where we live, work, and play is no accident. We leverage these as unique opportunities to show and share Jesus in contexts that others may not have access to. As a church, we carefully consider how the never-changing gospel is brought to bear on an ever-changing culture. We endeavor to use timely methods 
to best engage with society around this timeless truth. And so, you know, the first point to make is that wherever you find yourself, live, work, or play, it's unique to where I find myself living, working, and playing. And so I can't be a missionary in your field and you can't be a missionary in my field. And so leverage that unique context for the gospel. So that's a personal thing. But then also as a church, corporately, you know, we also think strategically about connecting with people around us. That's why actually there's a certain dress code. I'm not wearing a suit right now because we feel that by keeping it casual, we might be able to uh, reach a larger number of, number of people. The style of music that we sing, we think through that. We want to connect perhaps with a, with a sort of a, a type of demographic, um, a, a younger uh, a crowd as we think about the next generation. Uh, you know, if you think about the venues where we meet, all of these things are strategic. Uh, 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 decisions that we make in terms of mission. And so, uh, you know, one way I want to encourage you to think about this strategy uh, is to think about your elevator pitch. You know, if you have, uh, you know, just a couple of moments, 30 seconds or maybe three minutes, depending on how tall the building is, uh, and you're in an ele elevator with someone, how would you uh, define Christianity? How would you tell your story of Jesus saving you uh, if you just have a few moments? Uh, these are all ways that you could strategically think about being a missionary for Jesus. It's a, it'll be a great exercise to do. All right, so that is find, helping people find. Now let's move to follow, helping people find and follow Jesus. Again, the statement there that contains the last two values goes like this. Uh, read along with me. It's up on the screen. We are disciples devoted to Jesus. And so number seven is discipleship. And the last one is devotion. Discipleship, again, Jesus is saying, I want you to, to teach people to observe all that I have commanded you. Uh, and so you'll see even that in, the, in the, the paragraph describing what this might look like, how it's, de how it's defined. Let's read that together. As apprentices of Jesus, our master, we prioritize and reorganize our entire lives to learn from and obey him. We are both at his feet as students and out in the field as practitioners. This relationship is personal, but not exclusive. Therefore, we are always inviting others to join us in imitating Jesus along the way. And so discipleship really does speak about uh, uh, Jesus influencing all of our lives because we're students and then we are practitioners. We go out and, and live it out. Uh, you know, of course, the, one of the first things that you could do as a follower of Jesus, obeying him, is getting baptized. And we did that a few weeks ago. It was so exciting, you know, uh, as we uh, baptized people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Uh, people who said, I want to become a follower of Jesus. Um, it, is, it is so exciting. But, but that's maybe the first step for many. And then there's so many steps of obedience that follows uh, from that moment on. And, uh, and, and all of life, uh, Jesus has something to say and it's relevant to every part of our lives, not just Sundays or community group or early mornings and then, you know, we go into the world and we forget about Jesus. But it's how we parent. It's how we spend our finances, you know, uh, um, you know uh, all of our values, uh, the, the priorities that we have. Jesus influences all of that. That's what it means to be a disciple, an, an apprentice 
of Jesus. We learn from him and we put it into practice. It's not just head knowledge, but it makes its way into our hands. And that's why you can invite others along with you. Uh, it should be on a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday afternoon. You know, you're following Jesus still and people don't have to necessarily come to church with you, but they can come alongside you and watch you follow Jesus. You can interact with them and share with them how Jesus is speaking to and influencing this particular aspect of your life. That's what it is to be, means to be a disciple. And then uh, the last value is that of devotion. You know, Mark chapter 12, Jesus described devotion. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And again, what it might look like for us is described uh, in this uh, paragraph here. Uh, spiritual disciplines and the practices are the holy habits which characterize a life of devotion to Jesus. His life is an example of dedication to prayer, to the scriptures, community, solitude, and rest, to name a few. And through spiritual formation, we not only live like Jesus, but also find ourselves deepening our relationship with Jesus. And that's the, that's, that's the reality is all of us have habits in our lives. We all know what devotion looks like. Things that we, that we stick to because we're passionate about it. You know, whether it's a, di a diet you're following, uh, maybe it's uh, uh, ideas and ideology, uh, maybe it's, it's your health, um, uh, maybe it's a hobby. Uh, we all know what devotion looks like. Uh, people's habits uh, tell that story. Sometimes the first thing you do in the morning shows you what, what is the most important thing uh, or the thing that takes up the bulk of your day. You know, we, we know what devotion looks like. And of course, Jesus wants our devotion to be uh, 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 aimed at him. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why, why we do spiritual uh, uh, or encourage spiritual formation. Uh, these spiritual disciplines of reading the scriptures, of coming together in a community, of, of resting, of uh, sabbathing, um, of, uh, of taking time uh, away um, uh, from the noise and the busyness. You know, um, even in our house right now, we're fighting for you know some of these uh, uh, um, these holy habits in terms of our devices. You know, telling the children again, no, no, this is where the cutoff line is. You you need to uh, clear your head. You need to you know pick up your Bible. Um, you know, these are all things that. That, uh, that fight for our attention, fight for our devotion. And, and that's even why on a Sunday, uh, we, our service is structured in a liturgical way because we think there's some habits in there that you could take with you into your week. You know, as we start off with the call to worship, we open up the scriptures. As there's a moment of confession, we, 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 we see how we may have uh, broken God's heart and, and we experience his grace and forgiveness. And, and then there's the, the scriptures again. Uh, and then there's the, the communion time, you know, and then there's the, the, the commissioning moment. These are all things we do every week in and out to train us in many ways, to, to create these habits in us that, that inform how the other days of our week take place. Uh, we're not just trying to, you know, uh, uh, break up our Sunday into equal parts for it to make sense. This is all a part of our conviction and our habit of being a people that, are, that is devoted to Jesus. And that is it, friends. These are the eight values. These are the four statements. You know, number one is uh, being Holy Spirit-empowered servants like Jesus. Number two is being the hospitable family of Jesus. Number three is being strategic missionaries for Jesus. And number four is that we are disciples devoted to Jesus. All of these things is helping people find and follow Jesus. 
And I wanna invite you to come along with us, whether you're a new city gator or an old city gator, is to refocus, to be recalibrated, um, and to make this a priority again. Because can you imagine the kind of church we would be in our community if we prioritize uh, all eight of these uh, to, the, to, the, to the, the best of our ability? I think we can see tremendous change and, and a revival really uh, happen in our community because people will find Jesus. People will follow Jesus. And that is what we're all about. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you.